Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday and what a huge week it has been. The outbreak of COVID-19 in Sydney continues to explode with 77 cases today. There are currently 52 people in hospitals in New South Wales with COVID-19. 15 of those are in intensive care, five are ventilated and today we had our first fatality from this outbreak of COVID-19. And Premier Gladys has said that she would would be amazed. It would be a miracle if the numbers didn't reach triple figures tomorrow. What an outrageous condemnation of both New South Wales's handling of this outbreak and the Morrison government that this current situation requires us to make. It is simply unbelievable that there are still retail stores open. It is unbelievable that 9% of Australians are vaccinated, that we are at the bottom of the developed world. We are not even in the top 100 countries globally for rates of vaccination. There are people going to Ikea with COVID, people walking in to McDonald's with COVID. It is unbelievable that all across Sydney, there are outbreaks of COVID-19. And yet here we are, 18 months into the pandemic, 18 months of watching the rest of the world fall apart. One of our nearest neighbours, Indonesia, is running out of oxygen. There are thousands of people, thousands of people dying as we speak from COVID-19. And yet somehow or another in New South Wales, despite supposedly having a lockdown, you could still walk around in the communal areas of housing estates, of apartment buildings, get in the elevator, sit in the lobby without even wearing a mask, without even wearing a mask. And what's Scott Morrison's response? A small disaster payment. Once again, once again, insecure workers are left to fend for their own devices. Aged care workers are not vaccinated. Disability support workers are not vaccinated. The retail staff who are apparently expected to turn up to these Ikeas and these McDonald's and these Kmarts and these Louis Vuitton outlets are not vaccinated. Oh, and that's right. On the same day that people going to Kmart were being pulled over and stopped by police and having their bags checked to make sure what they were buying was essential, even though there's no clear definition of this from the New South Wales government, in the same shopping centre, because, of course, shopping centres are open, in the same shopping centre, Louis Vuitton, directly above the Kmart, as I understand it, certainly in the same same vicinity, people were coming and going. Now tell me, what is it that Louis Vuitton sells that's so essential? How is it that everything Louis Vuitton sells is so essential? It requires no police checks. Yet Kmart, which does sell food, does sell water, does sell clothing, does have a winter range, as I understand it, now that we're in winter, does sell heating. But apparently, people going to Kmart need to be checked. It seems to me that rather than having the police walk through and ride horses around in the working class suburbs of Sydney, what they would have been better off doing is having the police around Bondi, stopping the outbreak in the wealthy suburbs of the returned travellers who apparently didn't do the right thing, who apparently didn't take enough care to avoid 
infecting the limousine driver who was trying to take them to quarantine. But of course, all of this, all of this is a result of the failure of the vaccine rollout, the failure of Morrison to deliver proper quarantine, the failure to recognise that in an insecure working environment, in an environment that has been created by successive Liberal governments, where people are forced to choose between putting food on the table and paying their rent or doing the right thing by their community, by doing the right thing for public health. We are creating an unsustainable situation. If someone is casual, as many, many are in aged care, as many, many are in the disability sector, if someone is a subcontractor, as many now are in disability care, as many now are in aged care, then they have no safety net. And once again, we see the Morrison government failing to understand the shape of the economy it has allowed to create, to be created by those who have money, by the likes of Jerry Harvey, who have benefited from JobKeeper. There is still, there is still a mass casualisation problem. And of course, we're seeing it play out in the New South Wales outbreak people who cannot afford to stay home, people who cannot afford to go without their shifts. This is not a situation that has to happen. This is not something that was predestined. We could see and foresee these troubles, these issues, these problems, and they are solvable. They are solvable problems. We're one of the few countries that has this level of job insecurity. We are one of the only countries that allows multiple ongoing rolling contracts that even has casual employment. And yet, and yet, with all of the natural advantage of protecting ourselves from COVID-19, of being an island nation, of being far from the rest of the world, of having a spread out population in a large continent, of having good weather, very few places in Australia get snow. We still, we still didn't have the leadership from the Morrison government to deal with these issues before the Delta variant of COVID-19 struck Sydney and has struck so very, very hard. Of course, my thoughts go to everyone stuck in Sydney, not least of all my partner Van, who is there with her mother, who is unwell, we will be separated for some time, like many thousands of Australians. Premier Andrews has suggested that any Victorians still in regional, regional New South Wales should return home at once. It's likely that New South Wales will become further isolated from the nation. And can I just say, the Premier Andrews in Victoria has said that he does not begrudge New South Wales getting any help that it needs, even though... Victoria may not have got that help when we needed it. And I share that sentiment. I don't want to see anyone in New South Wales suffer. No one in New South Wales should suffer. There's no reason for that to happen. I'd urge Scott Morrison to do everything he can to help the people of New South Wales. 
And while, yes, he's from New South Wales, and yes, we can say there's a greater self-motivation for him to do all of that, I don't really care about that. That's not really the issue. Morrison has failed. There's no question. He's failed on vaccines. He's failed on quarantine. He's failed on supporting the working people of Australia who got us through the first wave. He's failed to protect us from a second wave. He's failed to reinforce the economic structures that would provide us with good entitlements, with sick leave, with paid pandemic leave, with vaccine leave, to give us the structures we needed to get through this and have higher wages at the other end. He's failed on all those fronts. But I'm not going to criticise him if he finally steps up and helps some of the working people of this country just because they happen to be in New South Wales. I'm not going to do that. And I'd urge everyone to rally around because there are millions, millions of working people now in New South Wales whose future is uncertain. There will be weeks, possibly months, of this outbreak still to run. And it's toll is measured in lives. It's not just measured in dollars. It's not just measured in the kind of ways that some of the writers at The Australian and the AFR and the Daily Telegraph and some of the other Murdoch press would like to measure it in terms of economic impact. The economy is just millions of transactions that people make every day. It's the people that make the economy. And for people... To have a thriving economy requires people to be able to thrive. And we cannot do that. We cannot do that if there is a pandemic. We cannot do that if hundreds of people end up in hospital, thousands of people end up in hospital, dozens of people die. If we're concerned about the lives of our neighbours, of our children, of our parents. And yet there are still some people who seem to think this thing will be something we have to live with. Well, at 9% vaccination rates, we can't live with it. In fact, today somebody died for it. And sadly, before we speak again, it's likely that more people will have died from it. And I think there will come a point in the future, not today, not while there are still outbreaks to be suppressed, but some point in the future where we have to ask ourselves, what did our leaders really do? What did our leaders encourage others to do? What did people in the media say? How did people in the media encourage people to act? And for those who put the lives, not just the livelihoods, but the very lives of their fellow Australians at risk, for an ideological, for an ideological belief about the economy, perhaps there needs to be a day of reckoning, some form of justice. Because if you've put the lives of other Australians at risk because you don't want to lose half a point from your share portfolio, I think there's a bit of criminal liability. I think certainly there's a civil responsibility that you have failed. And perhaps in the future, we'll need to consider how that plays out. Today... We just have to get more people vaccinated. And Morrison's ad campaign, as garbage as it may be, is a start. But I share Anthony Albanese's perspective. As he said on Insiders, there are not enough vaccines. And I agree with Samantha Maiden. There are too many people in New South Wales who drank the bathwater, who believe the hype. The reality is there are not enough vaccines. 
because Morrison has failed. There's two other stories I want to quickly touch on today. Obviously, COVID is a huge, huge issue. But one of the other things that has happened is that the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, has come out and said it doesn't expect wages to grow. It's come out and said that perhaps the natural the natural accelerated uh, rate of inflation, the the NIRU, the which is essentially the rate of unemployment that's required before inflation takes off, has a three in front of it. This is mind-bogglingly blind ideological nonsense, frankly. We've reached a point in neoliberal economic theory where in less than five years, a magical number that nobody can properly measure has gone from having a five in front of it to having a three in front of it. The, the concept that somehow or another a magical rate of unemployment will result in wage increases is the kind of fantasy story we tell children. And that's what it's proving to be. Because the RBA has acknowledged that temporary migration has had an impact on wage growth. Finally, they're starting to conceptualise and discuss the idea that maybe power and policy have some impact on wages. That maybe when people are unionised, as I'd encourage everyone who listens to this show to be, go to australianunions.org.au slash wow, that's W-O-W for the week on Wednesday, join your union, Thank you to our sponsors, Australian Unions, for supporting the show, because frankly, unions are how wages go up. Policy is how wages go up or how wages go down. And that's what we've seen under successive Liberal governments. Wages go down. You know, the cost of building supplies in this country has massively increased. Massively increased. What has the Morrison government done? Nothing. It hasn't increased domestic supply. It hasn't sought supplies of building products from other countries. It hasn't done anything because it believes in the market. And yet, and yet, when supplies of workers in an industry are hard to come by, when perhaps the wages in, say, agriculture are so low and the conditions so poor that Australians don't particularly want to do that work, the Morrison government doesn't simply say put up the wages. It doesn't say increase the cost. It says we'll bring in workers from overseas. When there's a shortage of hospitality workers, they don't say maybe stop thieving wages. Maybe if Maryvale, one of the largest hospitality companies in Australia, is struggling to find workers, it would do well to repay the workers the $140 million that it withheld from their wages previously. Maybe it would do well to, instead of buying more pubs, increase the wages it's offering to new workers as well. No, no, the Morrison government will find ways of importing temporary migrants to fill those vacancies. This, my friends, is the fundamental problem with the economic models of the Morrison government. It's also why we end up with a bodgy, half-thought-through wage policy, with JobKeeper that gives money to Jerry Harvey as opposed to 
Jerry Smith, of people funding their survival in the pandemic out of their own retirement savings, while multimillionaires get tax cuts. The RBA is starting to talk about it. It's time we all talk about it. It's time the media gets onto it. Because frankly, it is through joining your union and demanding better policy that we will raise wages in this country, not through some magical Nairu where a Reserve Bank governor waves a magic wand and all things go into some kind of neoliberal trickle-down equilibrium. It does not happen. It has never happened. It is a nonsense that has been growing like a lump on the side of our politics for the last 40 years, and it's time we sliced it off and moved on. Finally, I want to finish on a very happy story. Ash Barty is now Wimbledon champion. What a fantastic outcome for a fantastic Australian. Somebody who is modest, who is generous with her time, who is generous with her praise of others, who simply wants to be the very best she can be at her chosen profession, her chosen occupation. She is a credit to all Australians, a credit to Indigenous Australians, a credit to women of Australia, and a credit to her sport. Congratulations, Ash Barty. Congratulations to all who've helped you along your way in your journey. I hope that we get to see you succeed on the tennis court for many, many more years to come. It was a fantastic, fantastic match and truly a bright spark in what has been an otherwise somewhat dark week for Australia. My friends, we'll talk again on Wednesday. Van will join me from lockdown in Sydney. And until then, be kind to yourself and each other.